Souls of All Souls Preparatory. All Souls is a private, mostly Catholic school in Bethel, New Jersey, about 20 miles east of Princeton. Back when I was a student, All Souls had two prominent statues on the campus. Franklin D. Roosevelt stood outside the student center, which was a little strange since the real President Roosevelt couldn't stand. Yet there he was, with one hand on a cane and the other hand raised in a friendly wave. John F. Kennedy, the first Catholic president, stood outside Kennedy Hall. He was pointing energetically into the air, as if he were speaking. On the last day of school that year, I was sitting in class in Kennedy Hall and looking through the window at FDR. Across the road, the Lowry Library was nearing the end of a major renovation. As part of this, Father Thomas, the headmaster of the school, had decreed that the statues of Presidents Roosevelt and Kennedy were to be moved to join a new statue of General Henry M. Holler and Hank Lowry in an impressive new entranceway to the library. The entrance would consist of the three statues, a brass informational plaque about each one, and a slab with the words, The Hero's Walk, carved into it. That was why Father Leonard... My history teacher was spending one last class period droning on about World War II and the heroic efforts of General Henry M. Lowry to alert America to the dangers of Adolf Hitler and Nazism. Father Leonard was the twin brother of the headmaster, Father Thomas. They had both attended All Souls Preparatory some thirty years before. Now the paths of their lives had circled around and brought them both back to their beloved alma mater. I hated All Souls Preparatory. I hated the uniforms. I hated the snobbery. I hated the tradition. I was an outcast there, and I associated only with other outcasts. One of them, sitting immediately to my left, had just raised his hand. Father Leonard pointed to him warily and said, Mr. Chander, I trust this comment is pertinent. Oh, yes, Father, it is most pertinent. Fine. Then you may proceed. I read that General Lowry was not really opposed to the Nazis. In fact, he thought the Nazis would win the war easily, and he advised President Roosevelt to make a deal with Hitler as soon as he could. Father Leonard looked pained. I don't think those are facts, Pinock, but if you would care to do some independent study in that area, I will give you extra credit for your research. I don't need any more credit, Father. I already have an average far above 100. I just wanted to perhaps start a discussion. No, we need not discuss rumors and half-truths and falsehoods. The historical record is perfectly clear about what the general wrote and said at the time. Pinock gave up. Yes, Father. Father Leonard always looked uncomfortable when talking about the late General Lowry. Fathers Leonard and Thomas both believed, faithfully, in the legend of Lowry as a fierce Hitler-hater and Nazi fighter. In return for that faith, the Lowry family had established a million-dollar trust fund for All Souls Preparatory. All Souls had been General Lowry's prep school, back when it was all boys, and they all lived there. Then it was his son's and his grandson's prep school, and now it was his great-grandson's prep school. That great-grandson, Henry M. Lowry IV, was seated in front of me and to the left. Hank Lowry was what is known there as a legacy. I, on the other hand, was what is known there as a scholarship. 
Worse than that, I was an employee scholarship. My mother worked as Father Thomas's secretary, and thanks to that, I was allowed to attend the school tuition-free. My mother had worked the same deal for my sister Margaret, who had excelled at All Souls and then gone on to Princeton, where she earned a degree in history. My future prospects, however, were not so bright. Unlike Pinak, who was an academic star, I barely scraped by with C's. The only other kid I really associated with was Manetti. I knew him from sixth grade back at Garden State Middle School. He was an employee scholarship, too. His father was in charge of buildings and construction at All Souls, which meant that Manetti actually had it worse than me. At least my parent was hidden away in an office. His was very visible, always walking around on campus in an orange hard hat or driving around noisily in one of his company trucks. I was watching one of those Manetti construction trucks unload equipment when the girl in front of me turned and handed me a note. There was no name on the note, so I set it on the corner of my desk, temporarily ignoring it until I heard a sharp throat-clearing noise. I glanced up and saw the red, erupted face of Hank Lowry IV. He pointed a stubby finger at the note. I obediently picked it up, opened it, and read this printed message. You're dead. I looked back at Lowry, puzzled. He clenched his jaw and then shook his large head from left to right. He pointed first to the note and then to Pinock. When I finally understood his message, I passed the note over. As Pinock opened the note and read those two words, his dark Indian complexion turned pale with fear. Shortly after that exchange, Father Leonard's lifeless lecture and the school day and the school year all came to an end with the ringing of the bell. As we did every day, Pinock, Minetti, and I walked together to the administration building. Minetti and I had to wait for our employee parents to finish work. Pinock simply had nothing better to do. He asked his mother to pick him up later so that he could hang out with us. On that day, he probably regretted that arrangement. Even before we got out of the classroom, some kid muttered to Pinock, Lowry's going to kick your ass outside. When we got downstairs, Pinock hesitated in the doorway of the building, but a quick look left and right revealed that Lowry was nowhere in sight. Manetti told us, He ain't here. The rugby team's meeting in the gym about summer workouts. Lowry and his boys will be over there. Pinock then led us on a brisk walk across the road toward the administration building. Manetti, with his usual tact, started in on him. I thought for a minute that a girl was sending Pinock a note. Then I thought, wait a minute, we don't have any blind girls in our class. Pinock snarled, shut up, Manetti. I figured the girl must have been sending me a note, but it got detoured. The note was not from a girl. Ha ha, I know, it was from Lowry. Don't worry about him, Pinock. He's a big nothing. Oh, he's nothing? So why do I never see you standing up to him? I'll stand up to him any time, just me and him. But it's never just him, is it? That Lowry's nothing when he's by himself. The three of us pushed open the heavy wooden doors of the administration building. We stood facing the two huge paintings on the back wall of the lobby. One was Washington crossing the Delaware, and the other was some even bigger thing by the same artist, with pioneers marching across it. Pinock turned to me, anguished. Martin, 
tell me what I can do. Manetti answered, Pray. That is not funny. Manetti clapped him on the shoulder. Hey, you're not going to see Lowry for three months. What do you care? I care about seeing him today. Then why did you say that thing about his great-grandfather? That was stupid. That was the truth. What's wrong with that? Is nobody allowed to state the truth about the great General Lowry? Father Thomas entered behind us, nearly hitting Peanock in the back with the door. He waited as the three of us shuffled out of his way. Then he suggested, Why don't you boys move down by the Rembrandts? That way you won't keep getting hit by the door. Peanock answered for us, Yes, Father. Father Thomas continued into his office. As the door opened, I caught a brief glimpse of my mother, seated at her desk, staring miserably at a stack of blue files. She didn't look up. Peanock, Minetti, and I moved farther down the hallway toward the boys' restroom. We settled into an area with plastic chairs, known as the Rembrandts, because it was dominated by two huge framed paintings by Rembrandt. The hallway to the girls' restroom had two huge framed paintings by Van Gogh. Peanock looked directly into my eyes. Seriously, Martin, tell me what I can do. I answered honestly. I think praying might be the way to go. We could stop into the chapel for a while and, you know, pray. I still pray for things. Peanock looked appalled. Really? And do you ever get these things? No. Then why do you waste your time? I don't know. That's what Catholics do, right? When all else fails, they pray. And you wait for some magic abracadabra thing to happen? Yeah, I guess. Pinock looked up at one of the...